0: listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: We're talking Mets. We're talking Eli's retirement. We're talking <laughs> Nicks. Putting in a very valiant effort against the Los Angeles Lakers. We knew they weren't beating them. I knew. But it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it really was not. And, I, and I, Which is terrible. But that's that's life of a Nick fan. Okay? I'm going to admit it. I'm admitting it. I'm not proud of it, but I'm admitting it. It's the life of a Nick fan. I'm in with Joel and Kyrie, and I'm like, okay, when's the run coming in the fourth quarter? I know it's coming. 17 to 20 oh It's coming. I know it's coming. I'm walking around, looking, having some tea, talking to the wife. I come back. It's down seven. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, so now you're going to tease me. Okay, okay so, so tonight you don't you don't get the blowout. You're going to tease the old man. You're going to just tease Larry. You're going to just tease, yeah, you know, we, we're going to give you a shot. Yeah, we might pull this out. We might pull this out. No. <laughs> but you know what? And I don't have to tell you guys this because you listen to him all the time here on 98.7 ESPN. So I have to tell you, Brendan Brown is so good. He's so good. Him and that Cohen are so good. And what did, what did what did Coach Brown tell you at the beginning of the game, in the pregame? What did he tell you? The Lakers send a bunch of folks to the boards, and then one of the shot blockers leaks out. And it's fast break city. And did they do that a couple of times tonight? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you to beat this team, okay, you have to shoot threes. Because if you drive to the basket, <laughs> you got your choice. Uh, is it McGee gonna block my shot? Anthony Davis gonna block my shot? Dwight Howard gonna block my shot? Or is LeBron gonna block? Who which one of these guys are gonna block my shot? That that that's your option. <laughs> that's your option. Which one am I gonna So if you hit the three and pull them out, then you can do some things. But uh listen, give the Knicks a lot of credit. Give them a lot of credit because uh they did a nice job tonight. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Now I have been because it's my team and I can do that. I have been dogging yeah, I admit it, the Mets because I'm waiting for a manager. And listen, I wanted the experienced guy and I told you guys how I feel about that. For my team, I want a guy who's won something. I want a guy who knows how to win. I want a guy with some hardware. That's who I want to run my teams. Show me some juries. Some bling. That means he knows how to win. That's what I want. Couldn't get that. But under the circumstances, with the Mets getting uh, the new guy they have, whose name just went right out of my mind. It'll give, give me a second. I'll think about it. Louis Rojas. I'm saying, first of all, I'm going to be honest. Who's he? Who's he getting? Louis Rojas my name sounds kind of familiar who was he and then I realized he was on the he was you know quality control guy last year oh okay yeah him so here's the positives the positives is that he's got a bunch of coaching experience a bunch okay 14 years in the Mets organization. So he knows the players. So that's a positive. So he knows how to relate to him. You don't have to have a new situation where you're introducing somebody and you're trying to get them squared away. You don't have that issue. All right, that's, that's a positive, okay? That's a positive. Am I a little concerned about how he's going to deal with being the guy in the major leagues? A little bit. But more than that, and, of course, the media and, you know, dealing with the media twice a day and, you know, all that stuff, making lineups, how do you deal with, you know, losing streaks and so all that stuff, all, all that stuff that managers go through. Okay. But here's the thing that I think I'm intrigued about the most about him. And it's been my experience that when players deal with coaches at a certain level, be it An assistant coach, be it a coach that they're familiar with in the minors, be it away from the pros, okay, be it that this coach was not the head guy who's making all the decisions in the pros. Sometimes the connection doesn't take. Okay, let me see if I can lock it home a little bit more on what I'm saying. There was a player, I'm not gonna name his name, and he said to me. Oh, I'm not listening to him now. I mean, yeah he he was our he was our boy and whatnot when he was the assistant, and now we're supposed to be jumping and doing and taking care of business and doing what he says as the boss. Now he's still the same guy to me. Now that's one instance, that's one example. But does that still happen? Is that a scenario that? Um, He's gonna lose. Going to run into is that is that a scenario that um, Rojas is going to deal with because some of these players, when he wants to discipline them now, as the Mets manager, when he was smoozing with them, when he was down in the minors, are they going to respect him and say, "Oh, okay"? So you're the boss now. You want to be the big guy. That's my concern. The other thing which will be interesting to see, and we'll let it play out, is the veterans. Okay, they gave him a glowing. The Strowman was on Twitter today. You know, I was with him three months. I think he's great. I was impressed. All right, Cano has said, you know, I like him. I'm happy for him. But when he's got to make guy when guys are struggling and he's got to sit them, these veterans, how are these veterans going to respond? That's going to be the challenge for Luis Rojas, the new Mets manager. But considering the situation and the fact that you've got what pitches and catches I think is on the 10th or 11th of February, he doesn't have a lot of time. And he's worked with some of the guys who are here. So from that standpoint, I like that. I like that. one 800 Once again, uh, let me go to Twitter. Want to give you an opportunity to weigh in there on Eli Manning's retirement. We're asking you for your favorite Eli Manning moment. Was it Eli to Mario in uh, Super Bowl forty six? Was it Eli beats Brett Favre? Was it Eli to Tyree Super Bowl forty two? Or was it Eli beats the 49ers? And we'll talk more about the Knicks when Alan Hahn joins us. He'll be driving home. We'll, we'll, we'll hop in the car around 1130. All right? Ryan's at Bud Lake. Ryan, start us off on ESPN New York tonight.
2: You know I called to talk about the match, but real Absolutely. quick on Eli. Yes. Real quick on Eli. I mean... Here's a guy who I think put up Hall of Fame numbers in an era, and he never had a Rob Gronkowski or an Antonio Brown. And, it's you know, like Jeter in baseball, your individual talent sticks out. The Giants never gave him much of a team the last few years of his career. So I think he's a Hall of Famer, and I think he did more with less than than a lot of the quarterbacks who won during that era. So I congratulate Eli, and I'm happy that he decides to retire and not go somewhere else. Retire a Giants, that's great. Yep, I agree. But as far as the Mets go, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this Rojas mm-hmm. signing because they took somebody from inside the organization. It's not like they went outside and picked up some no-name assistant or something and decided they were going to make him a manager. He's familiar with the system. I think it puts a lot of pressure on Brody Van Wagenen and the ownership because... It's not like they hired Joe Walter and said it's his team. If it goes wrong, it's his fault. Right. This is their guy. So they're taking some responsibility there too. And he's got a connection with the young players. And I don't know if you heard uh, heard earlier, but most only speculative comment about how waiting in the wings in a year, if this goes terribly wrong, there can be a certain manager coming off a of suspension that has some ties to Brody Van Wagner. So... If if it's a calculated move by the Mets, so be it, but it's January, and I'm going to be optimistic
1: and say, hey, give the guy a chance. This could work out well. I agree with you, Ryan. I'm ready because of the situation. You have to give them a chance. At least it's somebody that knows the players. It's, it's somebody from within the organization, as you said. And we'll find out. You heard my concerns. I'm concerned how the veterans are going to deal with him when times get tough. Okay, Everybody's happy with the new job. And what do, we, what do we expect them to say? I think they'll come out and say, you know what? What a bad job. I don't want to work for him. Of course they're going to say, that, you know, congratulations. We like him. But the proof comes out during the season when, you know, Cano is if Cano, God forbid, struggles like he did last season and he's got to drop him in the lineup, how's that gonna go? How are the veterans gonna go? Veterans are hard on the new coats, Ryan, you know it. They are. Oh, they certainly are. But
2: if he has the gumption to make the moves he needs to make and the veterans don't respond, that speaks more to them than him. At least he'll have the the gumption to make the move. And that's what I want to say.
1: I agree with you, Ryan. Thanks for the phone call. And hopefully Brody will back him up because sometimes veterans talk to their agents and the agents call and talk to the GM. And we'll see if Brody is going to back up his skipper. It's going to be fun and games, boy. one 800 919 And of course on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM. More conversation next on 987 ESPN.
0: You are listening to the ESPN New
1: York Tonight podcast
0: with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Your thoughts on the Mets new skipper. And we'll talk next. Your thoughts about the, those of you at the Nick game, cause I know there was, I'm, listen. This might be one of the few times you season ticket holders actually used your seats tonight because LeBron was in the house. How'd you feel? What'd you see at the Garden? What was the mood at the Garden tonight? Give me your thoughts if you're at the game. 1-800-919-3776. We'll update our poll in a minute and give you some of the results that people have uh talked about answering our poll on their favorite Eli Manning moment. Cody! He's in Westbury. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Cody? Hey, Larry. Thanks for taking the call. You got it, partner. What's going on?
3: Um nothing um I'll start off by saying I'm a Yankee fan but I watch a lot of uh, Mets baseball just cuz I love baseball being in New York so mm-hmm. seeing that they, seeing that they got their new manager in Rojas, I just going forward I just it's I know it's hard for a manager to succeed on this team if they don't put together a more sustainable bullpen because although uh, Callaway he made decisions as far as in game like situational when to when to pinch hit when to pinch run he had no idea what he was doing <laughs> But sometimes he did make decisions as far as going to guys in the bullpen, mm-hmm. where specifically Edwin Diaz may have been the right move. But they just he couldn't do it for him. So it's almost like because you could argue that if they won any of those games where he actually went to them, they might have made the playoffs.
1: That's true. And that's why Cody, as you understand, uh Met fans are very encouraged seeing a Dylan Patanzis join that bullpen. Now we understand that we don't know which Dylan Patanzas we're getting. But if he can pitch anywhere close to the way he was with the Yankees, it is a substantial upgrade. And then what it does, Cody, is it pushes, you know, uh uh familiar back to maybe the sixth or seventh inning. You know, just pushes him back. And then if it's a situation where Diaz is struggling, you know, you can flip-flop and put batanzas in there.
3: No, yeah, bringing in Matanzas, I, I, I thought from the start of the offseason would should be something the Mets would go after, which was why I didn't think they would actually do it, but they did it. And <laughs> I, I still think it's a great signing for them, especially because really back there the only guy that they had last year was Lugo for a stretch, yeah, and and he needs some help. So you're right, that'll hopefully make things easier on guys like Familia, who I don't know why they really brought Familia back. I don't either. I don't, I don't, I don't know what Brody was really thinking on that I
2: don't one, either. but.
3: Uh, I, I've seen it. Look, I, I had Aaron Boone. Like you can relate him to Rojas in a way where. He had less managerial experience right. in a way. I, I know it's minor league for Rojas, but he didn't have, but he came into a really good situation. And granted, I like Boone. I know some Yankee fans get on Boone. I don't know how you can get on a guy who wins over 100 games his first two years, but that's that, I, I, I have no complaints with him. But he has a great bullpen to where he has so many places he can go and be confident. Uh, but definitely the in game decisions, you got to hope Rojas is an upgrade from Callaway. Well, there's that's no question. Where
1: and I think he will be, Cody. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, I think he will be an upgrade because he's got manager experience, you know. So, uh, I mean, and look, I mean, it, it, Callaway struggled his first year. There's, there's no getting around it. And some of the logic that he gave you for the moves in the second year didn't make you feel any better. They didn't. James is in Powell Park. James, you're next on 9870 ESPN. Hey, Larry, how you doing tonight? What's up, James?
4: I just wanted to call talk about my favorite Eli moment. It had to be the 2011 NFC Championship game because to uh, me that was the Super Bowl that year.
1: You love that game, huh? What was what, what what was it? What about that game that made you so happy about it? It was just
4: so nitty gritty. It was old style football. It was mud everywhere. <laughs> Eli getting sacked and getting up at least 10 times. Same thing for Alex Smith. Yeah. Great defense. Just, south man, that was a hard, they say football like war that game more than anything
1: was a war it was James and and I gotta tell you something thanks for the phone call I talk about that game a lot because you had no doubt if you had any doubt about Eli's toughness you found out in that game with the with the Niners and once again, well, that's why we specifically defined which Eli to Mario we were talking about in our poll. It's the Eli to Mario in Super Bowl 40, uh, 46. Not the Eli to Mario, even though we have Eli beats the 49ers. But Manningham was outstanding in that game too. Some key, I mean, he saved Eli, who was just getting pummeled and he made some big plays, big plays for him. So once again, we're asking you to vote in for your favorite Eli moment at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Was it Eli to Mario in Super Bowl forty six? Was it Eli beats Favre? Was it Eli to Tyree in Super Bowl forty forty two? Or was it Eli beats the 49ers? Gary Bridgeport is going to share his favorite Eli moment. What is it, Gary? Okay, Larry,
5: here it is. We got Eli being asked the most important question of all: Is he one of the top NFL <laughs> quarterbacks? Not only does he say yes, but then he goes out there and wins the Super Bowl. Now
6: that's Eli.
1: Yeah, you're right, Gary. Thanks for the phone call. That's it. After he told Michael K he was elite, he had to go out and prove it. <laughs> Interesting. Let's see what you guys are talking about, Eli, on Twitter. Here's, uh, at Mike Saliani. Underrated moment going back and forth with Breeze in a forty two fifty nine air show in Nola in Nola. Two thousand eight and twenty fifteen are the biggest what if years in my opinion. What if Plaxico left his firearm at home? And what if that fifteen team had a defense, lost every game in the final minutes on the field goal it seemed in twenty fifteen? Hmm, interesting. You know, that's uh that's <laughs> you could say that. Because, you know... Who was going to beat them if Plexico had been able to come back? They were poised to put, get some more hardware. Also, this is uh, Sakeem13. Eli to Plexico for the game-winning touchdown versus the undefeated New England Patriots was his favorite moment. one eight hundred nine 919 Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Igor in South Orange. Igor, you're next on eight seven. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing good, partner. What's happening? Uh, not much, man. Just left the Knicks game, and I just
6: wanted to give you some insight on the Knicks tonight, bro. Talk to me. Talk to me. How did they look? All right, so I was surprised, man. It was my first game at the Garden this year, uh-huh. and I was I was
3: expecting a blowout by the Lakers, but the Knicks held their ground today, man. They uh, they were making their three pointers. They were moving the ball. They were playing some defense.
6: They got they got outscored by the the over amount of talent on the Lakers. But overall, as a Knicks fan, I left that game pretty happy, bro.
1: Yeah, I, I tell you, uh, you you have to give the Knicks some. You know, I say this, and thanks for the phone call. See, these are the games that make you frustrated with this Knicks team. Okay. They put up an effort like they did a couple couple games ago, where they get blown out, and you're looking and you're like, okay, so how how can you play like that? And you take a team that people are arguing that at least is going to be in the hunt, and many have picked them to be in the NBA finals, and you go toe to toe with them, and you and you're in there. How do you do that? Now look, you had too many turnovers. You know, Grasso gave you the stat in the post game. What they have, like 17 turnovers with 25 points or something like that? I mean, you're not winning. You know, beat elite teams like that, you can't turn the basketball over when you're playing elite teams. You can't do it. You have no margin for error. So obviously that didn't help you. And you you go into the rim, you're getting your your shots blocked all the time. And that doesn't help you as well. But still, it's the effort that you show them. That's the frustrating thing. You put up a great effort against a, a team that's far superior to you. And then these other teams, you just come out there like you don't even care. That's the frustrating thing, but look, give him credit about tonight. It's the biggest heavyweight title fight in decades as world champion Deontay Wilder faces lineal champ Tyson Fury live from Las Vegas. The two undefeated heavy hitters square off for the second time in the most anticipated rematch in recent heavyweight history. Takes place Saturday, February 22nd at 9 p.m. And it's live on pay per view. I'm going to let you know on a secret. I may have to go in my pocket for this one. I haven't been going in my pocket for recent pay per views. Okay, because the undercards have been. I want, I, if I'm paying my money, and don't get me started, if I'm paying. Eighty nine, ninety nine, and ninety nine, ninety nine, and stuff. I want an undercard, so be giving me no heavyweight fight that could go one round. I want an undercard, so I don't go into Larry. Don't go in this pocket for pay per view. No, Last time I went in my pocket, that, that that blasted Conor McGregor, because I had to talk about it on the radio you know, Conor McGregor and, you know, Money Mayweather. But God, with my luck, if I didn't order it, Conor would have won. And I'd be sitting up here talking, well, I'm you know, waiting for the uh, replay to go. So, no, I had to order that. And clearly, I didn't go back in my pocket since then. May have to go in my pocket to see Wilder Fury. May have You're listening to the ESPN
0: New York Tonight Podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Well, check Twitter. Let me give you an update on our poll right now. What was your favorite Eli Manning moment so far? 19.5% of you say Eli to Mario Manningham Super Bowl 46. 9.8% of you say your favorite Eli Manning moment was him beating Brett Favre. 9.8% of you say your favorite moment was Eli beating the 49ers. of you say your favorite moment, of course, is Eli to David Tyree, the Helmet Cats, Super Bowl 42. That's where we stand right now. On Twitter, (laughs) Jay Blaze, NYC, Uncle L, Uncle L. Gina's a Hall of Famer. Eli will be, too. We probably lose Hank this year, meaning Lundquist. He'll be a Hall of Famer, too. And, of course, it's our Knicks with nothing to contribute to this era of New York homegrown Hall of Fame athletes. You know, that's going to be, you know, that's the question we can save, guys, for somewhere down the line. Who's going to be the next Hall of Famer to come out of this area with performance? Who's, who's it going to be? Can I be honest with you? I don't see anybody right now. I don't. I, I don't see. I mean, there's. I don't. I don't know who it could be. Degrom, possibly. Right. He's
5: probably the closest one to be in the discussion right now. Yeah,
1: possibly. Two phenomenal seasons wasted because they could have gone. You imagine what he could do in the postseason? Oh, thanks, Joe. You were helping. You, you met well, but yeah, thanks. This depressed me some more. When helping, is it hurting? (laughs) At Steve Delagati, the beating Eli took in the game against the Niners was incredible. He hung in there every play and popped back up for the Giants. He was going to not, he was not going to be denied. Yeah, he was, he was phenomenal in that game. He definitely was. There's no question. Joe G. Obvious the two Super Bowls will get more votes, but the two NFC Championship games are underrated for Eli. I voted for the 2011 Championship game versus Frisco because Eli got the absolute beep kicked out of him. But he came up clutch and fought hard throughout. Yeah, a lot of folks like that. A lot of folks like that game. Obviously the Tyree catch. Uh, a couple of honorable mentions. His performance on SNL. And another somebody who asked that I not share their handle sent me the video of Eli, the video commercial of Eli and Odell. Wow. Samson Irvington. Hey, Sam, you're next on 98.7 ESPN.
4: Hey, what's going on, Larry? What's up, Sam? Hey, man. Uh, I'm going to have to say about Eli, um... The last game of oh seven, man, it's is uh, when they played the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I it's 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 not a win, but it's like that uh, the scene from White Men Can't Jump with Gloria when she says, "Sometimes when you win, you really lose. Uh-huh. When you lose, you really win." Because right. it's like it's like we didn't know yet, mm-hmm. you know, like when he went up against Brady and they played them that tough, it's like you got a glimpse, and you say, okay, okay, you said you was a now you're going up against the King, and and that game really stands out. Even though it was a loss, it's like, you know, it was, it was very important in, in the scope of everything, because think about it, if they win that takes some of the edge off of the Super Bowl and maybe yeah. the Patriots is a little more, you know, like, oh, they beat us, let's go. You know, so mm-hmm. I really love that game, man. I really love that game and the whole scope of things. And, and, and Eli will be a Hall of Famer. He's he, he got to be, man.
1: I hear you, Sam. He I hear you. Yeah. Thanks for the phone call. I agree. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I think I think the two Super Bowl victories and mvps make him even though the even though the win loss record is is even i think the super bowl mvp's and and whom he beat in the super bowl okay that's that's it too he beat an undefeated patriot team and a very good patriot team so it's not just that he not just he got to the super bowl it's whom he beat when he was at the Super Bowl. It's important. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. And he's next on ninety eight seven. What's up T? Good evening,
6: Consulieri. How are you?
1: Very good, my friend. Very good. Thank you, yes. You're gonna have a
6: masculine shot a good
1: yeah. Yeah. shot <laughs> <laughs> we can do this all night like, yeah we sure could we sure could, day, we we sure good could. and you know what Trey and both of us would have a horse head in our bed when we woke up in the morning <laughs> nah
6: I can't do that I'm, I'm, man, I ain't going out like that I ain't going out like that so that's why with the, you, know, that, you know, with the Corleone family you don't go to sleep no way no you sure don't <laughs> nah, I'm mm-hmm. and I, I want to shout out Michael K for giving it all the spoilers out today about this. Oh, that was hilarious. Wasn't it? Michael, Michael K. gave out spoilers for movies that was 40 years old. He said, for all the people that never saw The Godfather, he had the Corleones wipe out everybody after
1: once. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> hilarious. He was wow. in a mood today, Trey.
6: He was in a
1: little laugh today, He was in a today, was in the mood. What? Boy, and if, oh. if you don't know what we're talking about, check out the podcast. And it started, yeah. it started, with, the, it started with the Met Manager. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and and, yes. and it started with the just I won't I won't get I won't be like him. No spoiler alert needed. I'll just tell no. you. It started with the Met manager, Chris Carlin and Don LeGreca. and you all figure that out. Yeah. He, he was, <laughs> and,
6: he, and after that, Mister K was lathered oh, up. Oh, his jaw was <laughs> tight. But yo, the talking about Rojas, was this dude's father?
1: Um, Felipe, i are gonna
6: be fine. We're gonna be okay. Relax, everybody. Relax. Let the man get his get on the door first. Yeah, I you think so. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I I'd
4: rather have I rather
6: I rather have somebody working with the kids that know him. Peter Alonso yeah. needs to love. Them. Yeah. He worked with Rosario. He worked with a lot of these people already, man. We need familiarity and then a, a good coaching staff. No matter what, you just the coaching staff around the manager that's mm-hmm. going to make this team work, right? You know what I'm saying? Can we just get somebody that can get the damn lineup card right? Can we get that first <laughs> baby <laughs> set. baby <laughs> set Mets fans, baby step? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's just make sure that the, that the uniform is tucked in on oh. on opening day. Please. We la-
1: we laugh to keep from crying. Go ahead. Yes, it, it, yes we do. Um, <laughs>
6: Uh, to, to, to go on to my man Eli. Yes. You know, and, 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 and all of your selections are beautiful. But I'm going to give you one that you didn't even say tonight. All right, go ahead. Fourth and one, minute 22 left to hand off to Brandon Jacobs. Without that, we go nowhere. It's true. It is one of the most slept on drives in the history of the Super Bowl. It is the most. It is probably the most slept-on drive. They, they, they don't respect it. There was he made about four plays in this drive that that were insane,
2: yep. insane,
6: insane. Damn the damn the Tyree play. Damn that. <laughs> man, we ain't worried about that. I'm talking about third and. I'm talking about the Steve Smith third and eleven. I hear I'm you. I'm talking about third and uh, man. I'm talking about fourth and one. I'm talking the fade. The Plaxico was a layer. Yeah. So that was a wound, because was yeah. Hobbs didn't want that. Ellis Hobbs wanted no smoke or flash No, head. of course
1: not. No, he didn't.
6: And I'm telling you right now, had that man not took that gun and did what he did... They beat the Eagles that day. They beat them, man. It's not even... Come on. You're right, I Trey. I love Andrew Boone, man. We, we would have smacked him up that day.
1: <laughs> You're right. You You're know, right. It,
6: yeah. was a, it, was a, it was a great career by that man, and I'm glad he hung it up, man, because I would have hated to see him in another jersey. Hey, that you
1: know was... what, Trey? And hey, hey, thanks for the phone call, my friend, up against the clock. You know what? Um, I think that had a lot to do with it. There's two things. I think he, he obviously... Wanted to, there's a large part of him that wanted to finish with one jersey. But I think to be realistic, I think the other part of it was right now, is there any place that you could see that he would be a starter in the national football league? In the wave of where the wave of quarterbacking and how that style is going right now. Is there any place you could see him right now that he would be a starter? Is there an opening for him? Chicago? Bears? Maybe? Maybe? Are they done with Trubisky? I don't know. So I think this was the scenario. He wants to be a starter. He doesn't want to be a guy that holds a clipboard. And I think he's one of those guys that want to stay in New York. 1-800-919-3776. We'll update our poll. And the ride is here. We'll hop in with Alan Hahn and see uh, talk a little Knicks Lakers next on 9870. is <laughs> here. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight
0: podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's just absolutely maddening. The Knicks are done for the evening. Time for the ride home. Wally's mad at me because I'm getting on the Grand Central. When he's
5: not
6: reading the signs that say that there are two lanes closed by the Clearview. Oh, okay. Why didn't you take the Grand
1: Central? You know, if you just let me finish. I
0: told you he was in a bad mood. You're driving home with Alan and Wally on ESPN New. York tonight.
1: He is the star of Bart and Han. He's also a very talented gentleman who has an excellent basketball mind that he displays constantly on MSG. He is Alan Han. Hello, Alan. Larry, how are
5: you? I'm doing great. Not, uh, just, just to clarify, I'm not the star of Barton Hahn. Oh, I, stop it. I'm just, I'm the host. Bart Scott is the star. Oh. His name comes first. Yeah, okay. Like, that's how that, you know, you understand how that works, right? Yeah, I, like, understand. I understand. I'm just lucky that my name is even in the show because Don LaGreca, Peter worthy they aren't even in the name of the show. This At is least true. I'm in the name of the show. This so is true. I, I, I'm happy about that. This is true. But thank you anyway for saying that. that
1: no problem. No problem. So. Alan, before <laughs> before we specifically talk about Knicks Lakers the game, I want to get your thoughts from yep. looking at that Laker bench. Is that bench going to be able to get them through the postseason? Would they have to make I don't a move? Know. Uh, I think they do. I mean, the trade rumor right now is
5: Derrick Rose, and wow, you could just see it that they, you know, Derrick Rose averaging over eighteen points a game. I mean, it just feels like that's
1: that would upset like, really are you in the tunnel? I know you're in the tunnel because. <laughs> All right, so we'll 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 wait till you get, we'll wait till he gets out of the tunnel. We'll try him back in a second. Yeah, he's going uh... How do you think I feel going uh... <laughs> we'll check with Allen and see if he can give get a little little better reception because I'm I'm very curious because that was the one thing that I looked at when I was watching that that game tonight and when you look at the Lakers and you look at that bench obviously they're top heavy and they're really good as far as defense coming off there with what Dwight Howard has brought to the table but I and and Kuzma's good okay not good shooting night g- g- tonight 4 of 10 but you got Rondo you got Caldwell Pope you got Caruso you know Dudley didn't play. So, you know, Allen, as I was saying, now that you're in the better location, I, I'm, I just feel that they have to get a little, they need a little more off that bench. That's why Derek Rose just seems to
5: make sense, and, and he's up there in scoring with uh, Lou Williams and, and Montres Harrell, when you think about how good that Clipper bench is, and if you're the Lakers, you got to compare your team to the Clippers, because that's the team you're going to have to get past. I, I don't look at anybody else in the West as a big threat to the Lakers, except for the Clippers. And the Clippers have that bench depth score scoring off the bench and then the two superstars in the starting lineup. Well, Anthony Davis and LeBron together are, are, I think, better than Kawhi Leonard uh, and Paul George. Mm. But it's that rest of that team that you worry about because they just don't seem to have enough. They're they're a good team, but I think they're going to need a little more punch. I think Derrick Rose is certainly one option. Andre Iguodala is out there as well. That could be Mm. another move they make. So Mm. I'd keep an eye on the Lakers and let's see how a they will be uh, by the trade deadline
1: Alan. I promise I'll get to the game in a second I'm just curious And looking to, at this Western Conference uh, Who do you think is the 8th seed And get off that motorcycle Is it going to be yeah, that's... <laughs> Is it going to be Memphis has got the 8th seed right now Is it Memphis, is it San Antonio Is it Portland, is it Phoenix Or is it the Pelicans I'll tell you what,
5: um, the Pelicans are going to be interesting. Zion didn't look great tonight. I know he's he's still heavy. Yeah. Um, but Brandon Ingram's played so well. you got to watch and see what, what the Pelicans can be. I think the Grizzlies caught everybody by surprise, and Ja has been fantastic. Oh,
6: he really he looks good.
5: Do you, do you think they're going to keep that up? Like, Do they have enough? Mm. I don't think so. I've heard this about the Spurs, by the way. Uh-huh. Marcus Aldridge. Could be could be traded. I've not been a big Marcus Aldis guy. Yeah, I am. I'm not either. But if I think the Heat are interested because they want to really? match, they want to pair someone with Jimmy Butler, I wonder if the Spurs make a move with that sort of signal the end of their run as a playoff team? Wow. Uh, you know, I don't. I, that's that bottom that that eight spot is, is definitely going to be interesting because if like if the Pelicans make the playoffs and Zion has a big part of. That. Don't you think he suddenly becomes a, a rookie of the year candidate, even though he only played half a season? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, Jaw ja right now looks like he's running away with it, but and then Portland, you got to keep an eye on because as much as they'll have big games by Dame and they'll have some good games, they're still under five hundred. And to me, that's incredible. I can't believe they're still under five hundred as a team with, with the talent that they do have there.
1: I agree with you. I agree. And listen, tell Wally, get off the motorcycle. If he wants to get on the air, he can get in the car. I tell them yeah, to, like, knock it's it off. In fr- yeah, it's a Maserati
5: in front of me right now, and we're Very doing nice. stop and go. So he's doing stop and goes, but waiting till there's, like, enough room so he could just gun it every now and then. Uh-huh. It's not, you know, it's I'm not impressed.
1: <laughs> I, I believe, I, I'm really not that impressed. <laughs> Neither so, are we. Nice. It's Alan Hahn on his way home from the Knicks tonight, Knicks and Lakers. <laughs> Nick, Alan, here's the frustrating thing for me, and, and, and I must admit, and I told the audience, I expected the Knicks to be blown out. I expected the Lakers to have an attitude because they got blown out. In Boston, they were going to come here right. and just take it out on the Knicks. But the Knicks yeah. played okay; they they were competitive, which frustrates me because this is a team that people are considering, okay, to go to to the NBA championship. And then you give me a, a, a low team, and they don't play as well. Allen, well, LeBron was in
5: cruise control in this game. You can. It. He's in the middle of his season. He's played a ton. They're on a five-game road trip. They've got a back-to-back. And by the way, they play tomorrow night on TNT. Mm-hmm. So if you're LeBron, do you give all you've got against a 12-win hip team? Or do you save it for national T V on T N T. You so, save it for you know, national TV. Yeah, so I wonder and but yet yeah, he did just enough to win. You know, that's LeBron always you know, he's when he had to turn it on he did and he was he was he didn't have to be great in this game. Okay. Um so I, I think he did enough. I think Anthony Davis did all the damage at the foul line, thirteen and thirteen. You know, they, they did battle. I mean, they did give you. The Knicks played as well as they can play. Exactly. And and their issue is that th- as well as they can play isn't good enough on most nights to beat good teams because they just can't shoot. Yeah. They had a ton of open shots and they just don't make them. They're not a good shooting team. Five for 21 from three in the second half. Because you know, Damian Dodson can shoot the three, Marcus Mars can shoot the three, but no one else can. And. Collectively, they're a bad shooting team. And so when you play tough games like this, that you have to sometimes go shot for shot or make a big shot to stem the tide or or, or, or pull ahead or any of those things, they can't do it because they just don't have the personnel to do it. So, yeah, it was an entertaining. And I'll tell you what, Larry, it was a fun first half. Mm-hmm. The building was buzzing. There's a big crowd there. A lot of um, NBA dignitaries in the building, mainly because uh, a lot of people were in town for the David Stern Memorial. Right. You know, it was, uh, so it was a fun first half as far as the building and energy goes. And even the third quarter, which looked like it was going to the away, Damian Dotson, they made the big shots. It was, you know, they were right there in it. So it was entertaining, but you kind of had that feeling all along that, well, they've got two of the better players on the court. And when it comes down to making the plays, they're going to make them and the Knicks won't be able to, and that's pretty much what happened.
1: So what are you and uh, Bart talking about tomorrow?
5: Oh my goodness! I mean, this has been some week, hasn't it? Already with all this stuff going down, we're already the Thursday, and there's you know, I mean, think about the Eli Manning news broke uh, in the evening, so we weren't on the air; we were already done. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of it. We'll, we'll try. I think we're going to try to get some one of the players he teamed with. We have a couple of calls out, so we'll have a great guest on to talk about Eli Manning. Um, we'll talk about LeBron's you know, stuff from tonight, obviously, and. View as well, and where we think he can go more on the Mets and their decision. Are you happy with Luis Rojas?
1: I'm content. I'm not happy. I'm content. Yeah. I'm content. Yeah. yeah.
5: Now, are you excited about the prospect that uh, Buster only shared with us on our show about
1: possibly this being a bridge to AJ Hinch? No, because I don't know how good a manager he is, Alan. <laughs> I don't know now. Everything's up in the without air. The camera? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> without the, I, I, without, yeah. What about the garbage can the Yeah, camera? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know, Alan. And, you know, we're up against the clock, my friend. So be good. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Oh boy. Tomorrow afternoon I'll at 1. All right. Take care. Alan Hahn. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we got to have some more garbage cans in the city field. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York tonight. We thank you for joining us. Joel, Kyrie, thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow night following Carlin. Damn it.